Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Hey there, and welcome to another midweek conversation. I'm Pastor Lauren. Joined by Pastor Jonathan Eilert. Hi there, Pastor Lauren. Hey good there. Good to be with you again. It is uh, good to have another conversation here um, in support of our Lenten journey this season. So this Lent at Prince of Peace, we are focused on choices and how we make them in our lives. And this week, we are encouraged to choose the truth. And the truth we found out this Sunday is that Pastor Lauren loves cookies. I well, think that's I, the main truth we uh, took away from our sermon this That was week. my main illustration, and I'm glad you got the main point. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you want to glean one or two additional things, you might want to listen to the sermon. Now, it was a great, great message on choosing the truth and how difficult that can be at times for us and how we can really struggle to choose the truth. And oftentimes, it seems like we're running mm-hmm. from it, and it's one of the things we want to talk about. But I think also... You know, we're, we talk a lot in the journey this week about how that plays out in our own lives and, the, and in our relationships. But I think also there is just that bigger question of what truth is and how do we even find the truth, you know, choosing the truth, but what is the truth often? Right. I think it's a very timely thing for us to be focusing on. I think there a lot has been written and a lot has been said recently about fake news and confirmation bias. How do we know what really is fact or fiction, right or wrong? What is true? And and so I think a fun way that maybe we can even uh, enter into that conversation today is by playing a little game. Oh, really? What kind of game should we play? Well, I think we, we should maybe play two truths and a lie to see, you know, can we discover the fake news uh, in each other's lives? I like it. All, All right. right. All right. So we've got our list here, two truths and a lie. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to? Uh, you go first. All right. Two truths and a lie. When I was born... <laughs> lie. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> when I was born, my parents almost named me... <laughs> Gilbert. My, my, Gilbert. My parents it, almost named me Romeo. <laughs> number two Mm -hmm. when i was born my parents almost (laughs) named me hoss (laughs) point number three when i was born my parents almost named me francois (laughs) (laughs) two truths and a lie romeo hoss Mm. or francois I really hope you're sending this link to your mother to listen to this podcast. I'm sure she's listening. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, imagine. Can you imagine, though, for a moment before you even answer? Pastor Romeo Halad. <laughs> Pastor Francois Halad. Pastor Haas Halad. Mm, you know, your your dad coming from uh, over in my neck of the woods, uh, closer to the Ohio Valley, I, I could see Haas maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my gut and my, I guess my real hope is that it's Romeo. 
uh, because that way I could just make that your nickname from now on. So, is the truth hey, or the lie? Is truth. Romeo being the truth. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. My mom quickly vetoed that. She said, we're not naming him Romeo. But that was my dad's idea. He I thought it was a really cool name. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So which is the other uh, truth? Or which one's the lie? Haas or Francois? What, they're both considerations? Yeah, there's oh, two, two truths, truths and a lie. Oh, two yeah, truths and right. a lie. Oh, I, oh I've got to revise my thing. Okay. Um, I was doing one truth and two lies. All right. Uh, so Francois or Haas? Haas. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you think Lauren is a weird enough name? Uh -huh. I mean, consider these others. Yeah. Oh. Francois? Is the... Truth. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Where on earth did that come from? <laughs> I have no idea, but I thank God every day that I wasn't named Francois. My mom was, I, my mom was like, we're not French. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, we're not. Uh, but he thought that was a really suave, my dad, a really Francois. cool, romantic name. He, you know. You get all the and, ladies uh, named Francois. But that's but Romeo. I mean, that's the other romantic Ro Exactly. Name already, Romeo, so. Romeo. But no, my, my dad wanted his little boy to be some romantic. But I can't even make that your nickname. No, I, you know, I know. Like, Romeo, I can work with. Francois, but, uh, no. But Haas, no. Ha I wasn't. Uh, that was the lie. I was not almost named Haas. But I was named Lorne after Lorne Green from Bonanza. Yes, I knew So that's that. why I threw in the Haas as another Bonanza yes. name. Uh -huh. Yeah. All right, your turn. Two, two truths and a lie. All right, so I've got to come up with another truth now because I uh, wrote down. Um... Oh, no. I, I did do that right. <laughs> I did do it right. All right, never mind. I got this. So I wrote uh, my two truths and a lie in um, relationship to an announcement that we can make today that we are going to be going to the Holy Land next year. Uh, we're going to be going February 6th to the 16th. That's and right. And looking forward to that trip. Come along with Pastor Lorne and me to the Holy Land and see a lot of wonderful sights. And I was thinking of this, uh, things I've done in my travels, uh, church trips that I've taken abroad and so I've got three things that uh, I'll say that I did on trips abroad, okay? Okay. Um, first of all, when I was in Africa back in 2002 and much younger and more spry, I uh, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro at that time, which is one of the more achievable peaks in the world. Um, and then second of all, when I was in Haiti, I jumped off of a waterfall in Haiti. And third of all, I smoked a hookah pipe in Palestine. Mm, okay. I'm going to say that you you did jump off the waterfall. Yes, you. I think you knew that one. Yes. yes. Okay. I did not, though, really jump off of the true waterfall, which was the next level up that crazy people like yeah. Rick Barger go and jump and dive off of. Right. Um, I went off the little waterfall. Okay. But it was, still was technically a waterfall. So, what is the lie? Smoking a hookah pipe in the Holy Land or climbing Mount Kilimanjaro? I think the lie is climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. You are correct. Oh, no, 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 you didn't have time for <laughs> no, that. No, that take, it, 
it is a they do say it's like one of the most achievable uh, peaks but it still takes several days and uh, right. to not take that kind of stuff right, right. there there we would go. like to do that someday yeah um yeah we were i was i flew out of mount kilimanjaro airport while i was there, there you go. so we were overlooking the mountain but no mm-hmm. no but I did smoke a hookah pipe for the first. That was kind of fun. Like, yeah. Just always, you know, they've got those humongous things and flavored tobacco. When we were sitting at lunch one day with our group, uh, our bus driver ordered a hookah. That's like you ordered off the uh, menu, right. you know. Right. And so he got one. So I said, "All right, I need to try this. See what the what all of the hubbub is about." And yeah, still doesn't do it for me, but it was right. good to say I've tried. Right. Yeah. There were no mind-altering substances no, in that no, hookah. Just to, I just want to clarify tobacco. to our Prince of Peace. Uh, up tobacco. Pastor Jonathan said he smoked a hookah. What's a hookah? <laughs> I can just see one of our beloved members Googling right now. Well, I think it was a lemon lemon tobacco thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, we we must know each other pretty well because we, we got each other's answers here. We could we could uh spot the lie. Yeah. But it's not always as easy in our culture to right. to, to find what is the truth, let alone to to stand in the truth in the face of opposition or, or struggle. I'm curious, what what did you hear in this week's sermon? I prepared it and I preached it, but 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 what did what did you hear as a part of that proclamation this week? Yeah, I said I, it was a great sermon. Um, lots of stuff to take away from it. I think that the image that stuck with me the most uh, is where you were playing with that that image that Jesus uses for. Herod when he calls him the fox. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've looked at that a lot of different ways and what that would mean in that culture. But I think even just from our own culture, the juxtaposition you made between foxes and Jesus calling himself the mother hen. Yeah. So the chicken versus the fox. And what do we raise up in our culture? So you're yeah. saying if we were going to start a sports team, which name would we choose? The foxes or the chickens? You know, right. Of course it's going to be the foxes. That that cunning one that's got the power um, and uh, versus this mother hen that's going to nurture these chicks under her wings. That's a, you know, we consider that a soft image in our culture. Although Tom Ritter, Prince of Peace member sent me a text message last night. (laughs) He said, uh, FYI, pastor, the Delaware blue hens are in the NCAA tournament. (laughs) Go figure. There are no teams nicknamed the Foxes in this tournament. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's a great image. And one of the questions we keep asking in the, in the journey this year is which one of us we're looking at these different truths that we tell from these Proverbs, which is a part of our thing for this year, um, which, which one is more reflected in our culture? Which one do we yeah. tend to hold up? And so I think that idea of the fox versus the chicken um, the fox versus the mother hen, you know, yeah. which one represents greater power in our culture, which one would be more venerated culturally? It's a good, it's a right. good question. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that ministry of gathering uh, people together, you, you could, you could take that imagery even further and, and reflect off of that, you know, that the mother hen, you know, gathers the chicks, but doesn't necessarily secure their protection or their safety. But but it is a ministry of gathering, and and that's what really struck me about the fox versus the hen. The, the fox scatters and divi- and divides, um, but a hen seeks to gather. And um, so, what does it mean for us to be gathered around the truth? Because we know that sometimes uh, standing for the truth can feel like it divides people in the world. 
or that people are divided around what is true and what isn't true. And whenever we start talking about truth, I think it it conjures up in a lot of people some strong um, emotions. And for the last couple of years in our society, there there have been a number of things where it feels like we've we've gone through a collective time of just truth telling, um, listening to people's voices who maybe haven't he- been heard or listened to um, for a long time in in the mainstream of our society. What does it mean for people to speak their truth? Um, and when is that helpful? And when is it when is it not helpful? Right. Um, Jesus speaks his truth, but but he's always still at the same time seeking to unite people around it. And I think that's where uh, sometimes speaking the truth can be used in a negative sense or when people are saying, I want to speak my truth, but they're doing it with the intention of dividing people. Right. And so what does it mean for us as people of faith to, to speak truth, to, to stand for justice, what we believe, what we proclaim? but to do it in a way that is always making room for people to be a part of the chicken coop, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. I think one of the, the key pieces for us always, and this has been a value that we've lifted up here at Prince of Peace for a long time, is the relational connection that we have to others and how do our relationships uh, come into our understanding of what is true and what isn't true. And because we can hear things from a broader political perspective and we can choose our side and we're going to choose to listen to this narrative over that one. But when it's someone that we care about that is actually experiencing something, um, what does that do to our, and it's fascinating even how much that, that can even break down at times. If you listen to some of these stories that are coming out right now and just terrible, tragic stories in Ukraine of people who have parents in Russia uh, where the disinformation is so thick and these children are telling their parents about how bombs are dropping on their apartments and their parents are saying, no, no, they're not. That's not happening. That's not what I'm seeing happening in the, right. in the news. While they're there, you know, they're in the midst of it. Right. And it's this person that they love and care for. But, you know, their parents become unable to hear that truth. But yeah. so, fa- so often, though, the, those relationships really can cut through. And that truth can be heard in a, in a new way, in a clearer way. When it's not politicized, it's not being told to try to gain something, but simply to share the, the, the challenges that people are facing in their life, their joys and their concerns. Right. Um, you know, we're talking about going to the Holy Land, and that's always one of those powerful things to talk to people that we get to know there, people that are mm-hmm. taking care of us while we're there. Uh, they're mm-hmm. usually Palestinian Christians, and to hear the experience that they have. And so we can hear, you know, this is good or that's good, Israel versus Palestine here in our country, and we can think about it from a very detached perspective. Um, but there you're simply hearing the day-to-day experience of this, this brother and sister in Christ and what they're facing. Yeah. Um, and it, you hear it differently then. And you yeah. hear their truth, as you said. You know, what is, what is our truth? What is the truth as we are experiencing it? Right. Um, and that can be a very powerful thing. Right. It, can, it is a powerful thing. I think that proximity to people's reality, I think, is, is really important. And... Um, and it's interesting when when you bring up the example of like you know the the children in Ukraine maybe telling their parents in Russia of what's happening their reality and yet people don't believe it. I th- I, th- I think that um, I think that's happening all over the place with a myriad of issues today where people are saying no this is actually reality this is truth this is verifiable this is data this is science but yet other people 
have made up their mind or have um, have accepted a set of beliefs or an idea that is counter to that. And maybe that's beyond this episode of this podcast, but I'm always curious about why people assign authority and the truth to a certain source, but not another source. Where we are living in such a highly skeptical culture that I think it's hard for people to to, to say, well, what is the truth? It It's sort of like the, um, from scripture, you know, Pilate and, and his famous line that is, you know, people are asking now often, what is truth? What yeah. is truth? How do I know what the truth is? Because we're living in, in a place where I think so many people are uncertain of who to believe or what to believe because we're living in um, an abundance of information more than people have ever had. It's not like we're all working from the same set of the Encyclopedia Britannica and we right. go there for our facts. Right. Um, and that's why I love um, the, the line of Jesus describing that, that he is the truth. And, and what does that mean? If our definition of truth as, as people of faith, to, to choose truth is to choose the truth of, of the Christ. Um, and what is true, what is right, what is holy, what is pure about the message of the Christ? And how are we called then to choose that? Right, right. You know? Yeah, and I think so much of that often comes down to then what were the choices that Jesus made? How did he live his life? Yeah. Uh, the kind of grace, love, forgiveness that he showed to others, um, his mm. his uh, emphasis on on justice and the way that he was constantly calling people to to act justly to each other and the way that they they lived and cared for each other, um, that those have to then be our priorities and the things that we apply to each one of those situations. You know, what is what does grace look like in this situation? What does love look like in this situation? How um, and while we might be debating, you know, wh- where those facts are, and, and a lot of that's often really important, um, but what 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 um, convictions do we bring to that discussion? I think is where where we have to to start, and then we discern truth from there. And I think the other important piece is that we've got to do that together in community. Yeah. And one of the things that's been so dangerous in this time during the pandemic, and what. What was what's been seen in a lot of different studies is that the isolation of the pandemic is part of what creates created a lot of division because we weren't able to gather together in community to discern truth together to hear in conversation what other people have heard and their right. perspective and and we're we're better when we're doing that work together right. um, and we we have a better sense of, of footing and understanding of where we are when we're able to have those conversations and in relationships of people that we trust to be able to work through some of that stuff together. And that's broken down and we're going to yeah. have to rebuild that. Well, and that's played itself out over the centuries. You know, I, I was, Mary Ellen and I helped lead um, the retreat for our confirmation students this last weekend. And we were talking about the the Apostles' Creed and the theme of the whole retreat was about belief and why do you believe the things you believe and where do our basic beliefs as Christians come from? And it's really fascinating when you study the, the, the creeds, you know, more so with the, the Nicene, Nicene Creed, yeah. um, the Apostles' Creed, you know, somewhere developed in the second to ninth centuries, people are kind of uncertain. Mm-hmm. But with the Nicene Creed or the Athanasian Creed, or even with our the canon of Holy Scripture, Christians have always gathered together through a messy, imperfect process right. to 
to say together we're going to discern what is true for our faith. It's not just one person on their own establishing a creed, writing a creed. This is true. This is right theology. It's always happened in the context of of community and people coming together and discerning through the Holy Spirit. And um, I, I, I agree with you. I think so much of that has been lost. And, and it's, it's this interesting reality that we have access to more information than we've ever had at our fingertips. And yet we're less inclined to do the real communal, communal work of discerning what is actually true. And um, it's an interesting place to be. Yeah, that historical perspective is really helpful, though, too, because it also helps us recognize the need to give each other grace in the process Mm -hmm. that, you know, you look at the Council of Nicaea and that was an inflection point, you know, for the the world and for the church. Um, And there was so much division, so much uncertainty. And they said, we've got to come together to have this discussion. And like you said, it wasn't particularly pretty and messy. It was Mm -hmm. very uh, conflicted in the in the dialogue that they had that produced that. Um, but you know, we're in another inflection point in our global history and our understanding of who we are. And so we've got to give each other some grace in the midst of that as we find to figure out what does it look right. like moving forward? How do we, right. but we have to find that path. We've right. got to figure out what does it look like to discern truth together? Yep. Yeah. And, and I think for us as people of faith, d- discerning, discerning the truth, how do we discern the truth? How do we discern God's will? One of the helpful things that I I keep coming back to in my life is to look at the fruits of the Spirit. What is true? What is the truth of the Christ, the truth of Jesus? Well, it's love, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, generosity. You know, against these things, there is no such law. That, that how do we keep coming back to what is really true in our world, um, at least from God's perspective, of what is true and lasting and and holy, um, because it is, it can be hard to, to to make choices based off of that identity, that mission, that theological understanding that we have, um, when there are a lot of other truths that are at some level true in our society um, that run counter to the wisdom of God. You know, um, we read in our psalm this morning in devotions, or in Isaiah this morning in devotions, that God's ways are not always our ways. God's truth won't always be the truth of of humans, you know. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think you know one final thought is that you know where the where the journey ends for this week is that ultimately the promise too is that the truth does make you free, mm-hmm. and so the truth is worth fighting for. The truth is worth putting the time in to discern in our lives, in our culture, in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, because the truth does make us free, and um, the truth is found in discovering Christ in ourselves and each other and in our world. And so, um, it's worth it's worth the fight. It's worth the effort, and we gotta we gotta stay at it as a culture. Yep. Well, Romeo, I am grateful for you telling me your truth today. Well, Mount Kilimanjaro, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you know, Romeo. I, I wasn't named Romeo, but my middle name is Robert. Uh, maybe it's a close second. Yeah. My dad's name's Robert, and I think that's where it came from, is that he really wanted to be Romeo and not Robert <laughs> in his life. He just wanted to be a whole lot cooler than he was, and he wanted to do that through me. That's but, a beautiful uh, thing. I'm really glad that I ended up, I never thought I'd say it, 
I'm glad my name's Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everybody for being with us again today. It's been great to have a conversation about our topic for this week and hope you uh, can all join in a journey group and go down this road with us and thinking about what does it mean to choose truth. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.